0: When I was very young, I had an experience which some of you may have had, and that is planting a bean in a glass filled with cotton wool. As per the instructions, I put the cotton wool in, and then I placed the bean carefully between the cotton wool and the glass itself, and then poured in some water, put it by the kitchen window, and waited. A couple of days later, I went to see what was happening, and through the glass I could see something tiny growing out of the bean. A little white root. Over the next few days little tendril roots grew out of that root. A few more days and then the shoot began to grow. Ooh. The bean, the, the seed, knows what needs to come first. Before the plant can grow upwards, it has to grow downwards. Today we're starting a new series. Uh, we've called the series Rootfulness. It's not a word that you'll find in the dictionary, but If it was there, its meaning might be something like this. Having healthy and strong roots, full roots, being well-rooted. It's a word which captures a very important reality, which is that a plant's fruitfulness depends on its rootfulness. Even as I wrote that sentence, my Google Docs autospeller tried to correct it to the nearest word it recognized, which is fruitfulness. So although it's not a real English word, When John Bodley suggested it, I thought it captures well what we want to talk about in this series. And with a bit of further research, it does actually turn up in the Urban Dictionary. That's a crowdsourced website for slang words and phrases not typically found in standard dictionaries. So hopefully the English dictionary writers will will hear about this series, uh, and on top of the Urban Dictionary adopting it, they might add it into a future edition, Rootfulness. Rootfulness. The roots of any plant are vital to its health. They take up water and nutrients from the soil and they anchor the plant to the ground. They keep it steady, especially in adverse conditions. The fullness and strength of its roots are key to it thriving. And we could say the same is true for us. An individual's fruitfulness depends on their rootfulness, We've just finished a series on living a fruitful life where we looked at how the fruit of the Holy Spirit grow in our lives as we follow Jesus. Fruitfulness and rootfulness are clearly linked. We see this in various places in the Bible. For instance, in 2 Kings 19, it talks about sinking down roots and raising up fruit and taking root below and bearing fruit above. Rootfulness could be used to describe the opposite of rootlessness, of not having those roots that nourish and stabilize us, especially in times like these. Many of us may be feeling a little bit adrift at the moment. So much has changed in the last seven months. Even last week, the government made further announcements. Just as some of you were beginning to go back to your place of work, suddenly now you're back working at home. It's not surprising we feel a bit rootless without the routines, without the connections which we were used to. And so in this series, we want to look at some of the key aspects, the key areas of a strongly rooted life. Just as the little bean knows what is needed first... Today, we're going to look at the most important focus of our rootfulness, and that is our relationship with the Lord. I'm going to turn to a passage. If you've got a Bible, you might come with me to Jeremiah chapter 17. This uh, screen will show it. This is what Jeremiah writes Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water. That sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. It strikes me as particularly relevant to us all this year. 2020 could be described as a year of drought. The heat has come. There are reasons that we might be fearful. And there are plenty of things we might naturally be worried about. It's been demanding. It's been exhausting. Many of the things in life which uh, might in a normal year be replenishing to us have been denied us because of this pandemic. We've not been able to see friends and family as we would have wanted. Wedding plans and holiday plans and family plans have been messed up. Businesses and jobs have been under threat. And we may have even lost a loved one and not been able to attend their funeral. If you're a student, starting university, moving to a new city in the midst of a pandemic must be so disorientating. And depending where you are a student, you may even right now be in enforced isolation because of outbreaks. A year of drought, when there's not much in the way of refreshment. There's a lot of heat. Might be an appropriate description of the season that we're in. This passage says that a person who trusts in the Lord and puts their confidence in Him is blessed and doesn't fear when heat comes and has no worries in a year of drought. I don't know about you, but I really want to be rooted like that. The tree described here is planted where it's planted. It doesn't have a choice in that. It's blessed, really blessed to have been planted by the stream. It has access to water, which will sustain it through the the toughest of seasons, which will enable its leaves to always be green and for it to never fail to bear fruit. But then in verse 8, it says this, that sends out its roots. It has to do something in order to receive that sustenance. Send out its roots to the source. That's the same for us. You know, each of us is in a position of access uh, to relationship with God through Jesus. We are planted by the stream. And many of you listening to me today have said yes to the invitation here to trust in the Lord and put your confidence in him. We've been introduced to Jesus. We are rooted in him. Whether we've been in relationship with Jesus for decades or perhaps just days, there is a dynamic where our rootedness in him doesn't just happen on its own. There's a deliberate action which we we must be careful to be attentive to. If you haven't yet put your trust in the Lord, I hope that through what I say in the next few minutes, you will realize what an incredible reality it is to be rooted in Him. In the Bible, we find the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossae in Western Turkey. And he spends the first chapter in a bit talking about his praying for them. I'm just going to dip into a few verses here in the first two chapters. Praying for them that they may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance. And then he goes on describing Jesus. He says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, For in Him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him, all things hold together. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him, to reconcile to Himself all things by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. In Him... Verse 16, all things were created. In him, verse 17, all things hold together. In him, verse 19, all the fullness of God dwells. It's a beautiful passage expounding just how wonderful Jesus is. And then Paul comes in chapter 2 and verse 6 to this sentence here. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him. In him, all the fullness of God dwells. In him, all things were created. In him, all things hold together. Now, live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Paul is echoing something recorded in John's gospel where Jesus said that he is the vine and his followers are like branches In him, which bear much fruit, abiding in him, remaining in him. The New Living Translation gives us a further perspective on this verse's meaning. It says this And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. Let me tell you about someone who had evidently let his roots grow down deeply into Christ Jesus and whose faith had grown incredibly strong, American Catholic priest Walter Sizek. In 1939, from the safety of America, he was watching what was happening in Russia, then known as the Soviet Union. Stalin was the communist leader, and between 1936 and 1938, In an attempt to stamp out Christianity, vast numbers of people were persecuted and suffered for their faith. Millions of Christians. In 1937 alone, over 85,000 Russian clergy were shot. At the age of 35, seeing what was happening from the safety of America, what did Walter Sizek do? He smuggled himself into the Soviet Union to preach the gospel, and he did this to great effect for some time, but the authorities caught him and imprisoned him for 20 years, 15 of which were in confinement in the gulag labor camps. The conditions were horrific. Prisoners were starved and overworked. What did Walter do? He carried on sharing his faith in Jesus with thousands of fellow prisoners, leading many of them to the Lord. And he carried on doing what priests do. He baptized them in secret. He heard their confessions. He tended to the sick. He shared the Lord's Supper with them. He, came, he gave what became known as 90-second retreats. Why 90 seconds? Because that was the maximum time you could fit in between the guards on their patrol passing each time on their rounds. When he was eventually released after 20 years from prison... What did Walter do? He carried on sharing his faith and caring for people, planting at least three churches in Siberia in the process. Eventually, in 1963, the Russians sent him home to America, exchanging him for a Russian political prisoner in the U.S. Despite the horrendous conditions he found himself in, his faith was just simply uncontainable, and he wrote this. God is in all things, sustains all things, directs all things. Nothing could separate me from him because he was in all things. No danger could threaten me. No fear could shake me except the fear of losing sight of him. Evidently, Walter was deeply rooted with an incredibly strong faith. Let's stop for a moment just to reflect on the magnitude of what we touched on just before I told you about water. What Paul is saying here in Colossians, in Jesus, all the fullness of God dwells. In him, all things were created. In him, all things hold together. And we're invited to live in him, rooted in him, built up in him. If humans dreamt up this invitation, it would be just beyond believable. But they didn't. This is the invitation Jesus, the one who so profoundly and beautifully is described in this passage, gave to those who would choose to follow him, including you and me. You may be thinking, well, okay, John, I get that Paul's exhorting us to be rooted in Christ so that we'll feel stronger. As a result, that's really great, especially in this difficult season. But is it something I really need to prioritize? I read this uh, sobering observation in a rather old commentary, which helps answer that question. This is by Jeffrey Wilson, and he quotes another biblical scholar, Dale. Dalia points out that those who are rooted in Christ can never be plucked up by any effort, however violent it may be. And Walter Sizek's story illustrates that. But if you are not thus rooted in Christ, it will be no great difficulty to pluck you from the station you are in. It's important that we remember that life is not neutral. The plans of the enemy... And the distractions of the world continually seek to draw us away from our relationship with the Lord. The stresses and the challenges of this pandemic conspire to focus us on all sorts of lesser things. What Dele is saying is that if we are rooted in Christ, growing deep roots in our relationship with Jesus, then no matter how violent the effort to uproot us, we'll be fine. If we get distracted and cool off in our walk with him, we'll be in a vulnerable place. And to dip back into the earlier passage from Jeremiah, we may find that we are fearful when heat and drought come. Our leaves metaphorically do wither. We have plenty of worries, and we find our lives do fail to bear the fruit which God intends. Being rooted in our relationship with the Lord can see us through some of the most extraordinary circumstances. And rather than just surviving really difficult times, we can continue to be incredibly fruitful. Let me tell you about a woman called Harriet Tubman. Deb and I watched the movie Harriet back in June, which tells her moving and incredible story. Harriet was born into slavery around 1920. Physical violence was part of her daily life. In one incident, she suffered a traumatic head wound when she was struck by a heavy metal weight thrown by an overseer, crushing part of her skull. Receiving no medical care, she experienced seizures and headaches for the rest of her life. Now, Harriet eventually escaped to freedom. And rather than putting her awful past behind her and settling down to the free life that she had now gained, she decided she would do all she could to free other slaves. Thirteen times she went back and she broke into where they were held, at total risk for her life, personally liberating around 70 slaves. Her extraordinary life was inspired by her faith in God. And she is recorded as saying this. I always told God, I'm going to hold steady on you. And you've got to see me through. I'm going to hold steady on you. It's an inspiring film, and I recommend you watch it if you can. It's called Harriet. This coronavirus season is hard, nowhere near as hard as people like Walter Sizek or Harriet Tubman have faced, but nevertheless, it is challenging. For the first month or so of lockdown, perhaps we managed on, as it were, the petrol we had in the tank. And if our tank was reasonably topped up as we went into that time, we probably managed another couple of months doing relatively fine. But some of you will be very aware that you've been running out of gas. You may have been losing passion for some of the things that you were passionate for. Perhaps some of you have realized that to some extent you had been living vicariously through the church. You know, that what was sustaining you mainly was that weekly rhythm of being with others on a Sunday, enjoying the worship, being fed by the teaching, being involved in a team, serving, just the regularity of that, turning up, being with people, having coffee with someone before or after the service, or regularly seeing others in your small group. And with that having been snatched away from you, you're wondering just perhaps how deep your roots might be. Perhaps you realize that you haven't opened the Bible in over six months. You've been drifting perhaps in your walk with the Lord. You've realized perhaps that you're not as rooted in your relationship with the Lord as you hoped you were. Or perhaps you've come to realize that your life is rooted in and built on all sorts of other things, things which feel like they give security, a great job, good health, financial security. And these are not bad in themselves, but if this season has taught us anything, is that these are just unstable. The only stable and reliable place to be rooted is in Jesus Christ. But wherever you find yourself today, the good news is that we have choice. In our rootedness. As this series unfolds in the coming weeks, we'll be looking deeper at some of the practicalities of, of how this works, how we can grow deeper in our rootfulness. I believe there's an invitation for us all today to begin to re-examine our roots, to turn our attention again to our relationship with the Lord, to be rooted in, in Jesus, the one in whom all the fullness of God dwells, the one in whom all things were created, the one in whom all things hold together.